Howdy all, this is Bob Nightingale, America's so-called sweetheart. He says what Liam says. I'm not sure about that, but you listen to Pod and Lansdowne. Jesus Christ, you think you know a guy? You do a podcast with a guy named Liam Fennessy for years, and then out of nowhere, out of the blue, he decides he's going to go happy-go-lucky onto another Red Sox <laughs> podcast. You think, Jesus Christ, man. Right? What, hey, I'm deal? just trying... I'm just trying to spread the good word of Pot on Lansdown. Yeah, I plugged yeah. I plugged both of you. Don't you worry. You tune in. I call you my beautiful co-hosts. So oh, yes, you did. Yeah. And, and, yep, they were gassing I, I pl- you. Up. I plugged you all. I plugged you all. I was I gassing did, us all up. I did listen today before we recorded. That's Pod by the River, by the way. Our good friends over there at Hand Hogdale. Uh, Justin was on there with you at Justin MLB. Uh, it sounded like a good time, uh, even though you didn't know what a hot pot was. Uh, I, I, I did not. I was uneducated. A what? And you also, like, like like hot pot like like in chinatown like china chinatown food hot pot i don't know i don't know what that is either liam don't yeah i have no idea i know it, it sounds great it sounds like it's uh like similar to how it was explained to me on the show the other day um was it's similar to like fondue there's a big bowl but instead of like cheese or, or chocolate it's it's just like broth so you like i don't know you, you dip like meats and vegetables in it so okay. that's okay. It's, it's an interesting sounded good Gentlemen, I wanted to start off pot on lands down here this week. We have to talk about these fucking MLB uniforms, man. The, the, yeah. This, it's people have said it before. It looks like stadium giveaway stuff. At least that's free. Like with your ticket, you don't have to pay 175 bucks for the stadium giveaway jersey, which is what Fanatics is pumping out here with their MLB jerseys. Jake, as our resident John expert, I, I can't imagine sure. how <laughs> sure. upset you are about this. It must be sickening for you. Yeah. It fucking sucks. Um, I tweeted something along these lines, um, but thankfully the Nike era Red Sox have not provided me with much joy, so I can just continue to buy the old Majestic and City Russell. City stuff is good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, not anymore. Um, <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but it, it blows. Um, the only saving grace for Red Sox fans is that our we don't have last names on the back of our home jerseys. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. That's a that's a nice silver lining for us. We don't have to see those that putrid kerning. There's a little there's a word for you. Kerning. It's like iron on letters. It looks the like spacing. Man. That's the spacing the of letters. Spacing uh, is bad. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah, they're they're too small. The the arch is preposterous. Uh, it's really fucking bad. Michael Rubin. Um, there's a there's a special place in hell for that man. Michael yeah, that Rubin. He's only done evil things. On him. And when he's in hell, he'll find any opportunity he can to take a picture with some other person in hell. <laughs> it <laughs> it literally it pisses me off so much, um, especially this past week, like post Super Bowl, because he had a huge party, I guess, in yeah, some so his white in party, Vegas. Right? Is that- yeah, well, he, he does that, and then like I don't know, oh, he's taking photo taking photos with Mr. Beast and James Harden in his. Suite There's no life and, like, behind his eyes either. No, well, he, I think he was absolutely trashed. Too. Mr. Beast he's or like Michael the- Rubin. <laughs> Like Michael Rubin, oh. yeah, but uh, dude, Michael Rubin pisses me off so much. Just the quality of your product is so bad, and all you do is spend money on these elaborate parts. He's like, he's like, um, sports merchandise great Gatsby. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the only way I can explain him. You know, someone posed the question, guys, on Twitter, uh, regarding the the horrible look of the lettering on the back of these Fanatics jerseys. Which one looks? Obviously, it's a podcast; you can't see. But they said, which one looks worse, long last names or short last names? Because they had Verlander, and it's it, it's just a ridiculous. It looks arch. like he's Salamakia. 
Yeah, exactly. For Verlander, which is a longer last name, but it's, again, it's nothing like Saltalamakia. You know what I mean? It's not Kiner Falefa. Um, but then they showed uh, who's the fucking manager for Cleveland now? Uh, Stephen Vogt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is just V O G H or V O G T, I think it is. Um, that looks awful too. I, I I don't know which one looks worse. It's a great question, the short or the long. But it, it just adds up to you know where we're in the pits when it comes to MLB Johns now, and I don't like it. No, it's bad. I <laughs> thank you, Jake. I'm, I'm so I'm I I have nothing. He's it's evil. Fanatics is such an evil co- like sports. The look of sports is such like a storied kind of thing, like jerseys yeah. and, and everything. And it, it means a lot to a lot of people, uh, not to be corny, but um, it's like, an identity. Yeah. You know? And uh, it looks like piss and shit all over these jerseys. <laughs> Uh, and I'm fucking scared for hockey jerseys next year. Now, I, I I wasn't thinking a lot of it because they said they were taking, they were going to use the same factories that Adidas has been using. But now I'm fucking petrified. I mean, yeah. it'll save me a lot of money, but yeah, because you don't have to buy them. Yeah, but it, no, it's uh, it's fucking bad. Even even the uh, well, because what they they bought up Mitchell and Ness. They did in what the last two years. Which was quality stuff, Mitchell and Which was amazing is, quality. And it now it's now. all just screen printed if, shit on jerseys. I will say, I will say with, I'm not even exaggerating, if Fanatics ever bought 47 brand, you would find me. Ow! I That would be, I, fellas. That's our final holdout. That, fellas, that's the all, I, all, that is all I have, 47 brand. <laughs> they mean so much to me. I couldn't. I, uh, Help us, 47 brand. You're our only hope. <laughs> Save, save me. me. Save, save me. Save me. 47 brands. Save me. Boston. So. Boston. Uh, Boston Roots. 40 That's right. That's right. HQ is uh, off the pike. You can see it coming in. Fanatics do not sponsor the pod. Again, folks, that's Captain Woke, a.k.a. Jake, who's scared of the future of sports dons. We're joined by Liam Supremacy, a.k.a. Liam. I'm Troy O'Leary, a.k.a. Fitz. This is Pod on Lansdowne. Very special episode today. Not only do we have actual Red Sox news to talk about, we'll sink our teeth into it. Don't you worry. But we've got a special guest. For the third straight year, our friend Rose at NaturallyCats11 on Twitter, Rose, our Orioles correspondent, is here to kick off our American League East preview series. We'll be talking to fans, our friends of all four teams, in the American League East outside of the Red Sox, get to know know who we should be looking out for because I think we're going to have to look out for all four teams again this year because it might be another last place finish for the Red Sox. <laughs> it does not make me happy. But the Red Sox, pitchers and catchers, have reported to Fort Myers, Florida. Hope springs eternal once again, all that bullshit, yada, yada, yada. We have some comments from out of opening day. Liam pointed that out before we hit record this afternoon we're recording on monday for a wednesday release liam let's talk about these quotes out of camp specifically from kennedy right yeah so i mean like let's go into it no thankfully um i don't know thankfully before we hopped on uh as we were talking to rose earlier um quotes did did the rose stuff first now we're doing the action there was there was there's actual red sox news breaking as we were recording so that's exciting and really for the most part it's kennedy and john henry rolled up to camp today john henry of course um i think someone had asked him if he 
was going to comment on the team or anything and essentially laughed and said no. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess we'll start there. Um, at least he's like he, a comic book villain at this point, right? Steer into that, you know? He's, he's like, he's just like, uh, he's doing like the, the Kamala Harris laugh. Um, oh, when boy. you ask him, when you ask him about the baseball team he owns. <laughs> John Henry asking us if we just fell out of a coconut tree. <laughs> But so I, I, I'm not imagining he'll speak at all. I don't know how long they're there in camp, but uh, they're they're there today, Monday, as we record this. But uh, so funny enough, shocking narrative all all offseason has been the uh, miscommunication between um, John Henry figureheads, mouthpieces, so to speak. And we had another one today. So Sam Kennedy had come out asked, and they asked him about the payroll. And they were like, so is there any merit to uh, what Tom Herner – Tom Werner said literally, I think it was like January 13th, where he was like, no, there's no hard parameters, hard cap on what Breslow can do, what Breslow can spend. Uh, and then here comes Sam Kennedy today, literally from Chris Cotillo here. We have set parameters for Breslow, and he's operating under those parameters. It's not very Smithers of Smithers right there. <laughs> so, so which one is it, fellas? Um, I feel like Quite honestly, the closer we get to opening day, like the more truthful they're they're being. So clearly, the, uh, to me, this has been the case the entire offseason. Right. And that's been my thing. That, that, that was sort of, again, this was a complaint I had even back to last offseason during the whole Bogart saga of them not being straightforward of how much they were pursuing it. Now, again, that's a whole different can of worms, especially as Bogarts get shifted over to second base. But it, it, back then, it was a matter of, okay, just negotiate seriously if you do want him back which they were saying oh that's our top priority but they clearly weren't serious about those negotiations i think in hindsight and it's the same deal here it just don't piss on us and tell us that it's raining be honest with the approach to the team at least i feel like breslow's kind of been doing that he's been saying like look you know we have to build for the future with our prospects that's our you know our route our shortest route our quickest route to building a championship team again it's it's more from the FSG brass that hasn't been straightforward with this. And this is just another example of that. I'm getting exhausted by it, talking about it again. But it, it just, just be and, honest with what you're doing, I think. That's Fitz, my Fitz, it's, it's funny you say that, um, the, talking about the back and forth, because then uh, as a follow-up quote, Kennedy was asked if the Sox are done making moves. And he said, the truth is, I don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. So I don't want to. He's wanna so exhausted. So, He's done. So, so I don't want to speculate and set myself up for being wrong or misguided. Yeah, he never he he's never Stop done him. that. Yeah, so you know what's stopping him here? Sam Kennedy is uh, like, hey, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me fifty-seven times, still shame on you. But fool me fifty-five times, shame on me. Jake, this is exhausting, man. This this is, oh God. He. Yeah. Well, so okay. Um I I'm I'm all right with the bridge year. I it's You've fine. You've come to accept it here at Yeah, I've come to a place of acceptance with it. It's like for the last I guess my thing that is upsetting me now is um at least All right, hold on. Let me I want to I want to word this very carefully. I've thought you want to last... word something carefully on this <laughs> I podcast. Do. Yeah, well, I'm, let me That's let me be the first ta- time we can tacked. say that about you. <laughs> let me be tacked. So I thought that the t- definitely the 23 season and probably the 22 season should have been bridge years as well. Um, I've thought this 
I've I think I've said this like all like the deadlines and paying money uh like for these off season contracts I I didn't understand several of them like giving guys one year or one year deals I get because you can trade them at the deadline but the point being they they wouldn't do that they didn't do that so I think I'm happy that they're finally like understanding that they're not good enough um even though that now they're probably better. Like, it probably wouldn't take that much to be good. Um, but I think they, you know, I guess they look at the division and they think if you're not going to really be with the big boys, why bother? Yeah. No um, half measures, to quote Mike from Breaking Bad. Yes, Dad. and I've always, I've, I'm a big proponent of that. Like, why, why get a bunch of, like, meddling kind of guys? Uh, what's the point? Like, you know. Be all in or all out and be honest about that going forward. Sure. I, that, that's like, had they said at the beginning of the year, like, we, you know, we were looking ahead. I mean, I know they can't say this. Like, they can't be like, yeah, we're going to suck this year. Well, they're not going to suck. That's the other thing. I think they're like, way to say it. And, yeah. and, you know and it's interesting you mention that. If not for, I, I think quite literally, I, I don't quote me on this, but September of 23 might have been the actual worst month in Red Sox regular season history, like in terms of their win loss, that may have been the worst, if not the worst, it's it was up there. one of the worst. Yeah. I was lucky enough where honestly, I got it. I can admit it now. Like the statues statute of limitations has passed. I kind of checked out in that last month. Cause I had other fish to fry in personal life. Great things, but I was very busy during that time. Didn't have enough time to watch a fucking awful baseball team. But if it wasn't for that horrible month, I mean, you're still looking at a team that's around 580, 82, 84 wins and, and again, that's not enough to to cut it in the AL East. But it's not like the team is bad. It really All right, this is this is going to sound like full copium. Yeah, they could they could accidentally win the division this year. Like I'm not even like I think if I don't if, think so. <laughs> if I everything don't. if everything went right, like if all their bounce back guys bounce back, they they could. I mean. I think you could be a wild card team for sure. I don't I think, think I don't think there's a clear great team in the AL East. Is that a hot take? I think we're going to talk about the Orioles too. I think the Orioles are a great team. I'll I'll give a spoiler. Yeah, I, think I, think like Orioles I think they're going to be one of the final four team teams the this year. This year. Yeah. I think so. I think that. I don't, okay, so I, then second, we could be a wild card team. I, I, I potentially yes, I agree. If if things go wrong, say for the for the Rays, the I Yankees, think if the rotation right? is like serviceable, they could win like eighty six games. Like I, I don't, so they too. don't even need to. Yeah, but yeah, I, you could be a wild card team. But you just need so many things to go your way yes. to win the division yes. in this in this AL East. Correct. Like you could jump a couple of those teams. I don't know if you can jump all four. I guess the the big hang up with the Red Sox right now, <clears throat> one of many, but the one that I find and I can't, I I I, I understand why they're kind of scared to make a big move is like the the we we always point to the big three and they're not ready right now and they probably will be almost ready by the end of the season but it's like you know you you point to somebody like the o's they had like a big six they could afford to toss a couple of those guys for corbin burns or like you know and it's like if one of them doesn't work out that's fine they have a great young core anyway we it's really not fine if like only one of those big three works out like we, like it's problematic we we have some it falls off a lot after those guys um and so when i look at them i think like yeah they'll they'll probably be i imagine they'll all um be like pretty play probably a good amount of games for the team next year um might get a little cup of coffee this year but it's like 
you know, you don't want to go all in while you're waiting because I got lost while I'm talking there. I don't Thanks. know. What I'm no, saying. no, I know. I know what you mean. I mean, there's just there's a lot of. It's very uncertain right now. I can't, it's like they I mean, this should have happened two, three years ago, um, two years ago. Maybe I'll be generous, but it didn't. Uh, we had to wait a little longer for our prospect pool to kind of build back up again. Um, and here we are. And it's just like, I don't know. Stay, don't, don't be brash, I guess. I, I kind of commend Breslow at least for like, he's, he's making these margin moves. They seem to be pretty good. I, I, I can't complain about any of the signings or trades he has made. It's, you know, the stuff that hasn't happened. Um, yeah, that again, it's the it's the Montgomery's of the world, stuff like that, yes, you know, the, the big yes. sort of fish. But again, it, it, like I mentioned a couple moments before, at least Breslow's keeping it real with us saying like, listen, like the next championship team for the Red Sox hopefully is going to have your Marcelo, your Teal, your Anthony in the mix. That's the closest way to get back to winning baseball in Boston, whereas the ownership group is they're, they're changing their tone left, right and center. It feels like yeah. they're not being straight up with us. And that's, I think, the thing that has annoyed My... me most this winter. All right, here, all right. Here's here's here is where I am. And this is this. You're I've... in L.A. That's where you are. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in sunny. It's actually pouring rain. But um, this is this is I'll call this season a success if this happens, at least a, um, not the se- the season of success in the in the grand scheme of things. If they get to the deadline and sell it's not it's 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 no more complicated than that sell the good pieces you have that you do not foresee being a part of the next great red sox team heim bloom shit his pants twice <laughs> in an attempt to do that um sell kenley sell giolito if he's having a good season sell chris martin you know it's like you get meaningful look at fuck the one time Heim sold was Vasquez and William Abreu. It looks to be like a legitimate piece. He's at least going to platoon in the outfield. Yeah. Like, like, had he done that with the rest of the rosters the last two years, we could, we could be swimming in, in these young players. Like it's the people get so fucking dumb at trade deadlines. It's not that complicated. Like just fleece a team that needs a closer that needs one more starting pitcher. Like teams overpay ludicrously at the trade deadline it happens every year we've done it the red like it's not that complicated just sell if you're not gonna make the playoffs um and if they do that i'll say shit all right great 25 let's cook we've i mean they're clearly already prepping for we have we've we've signed two players that literally can't play this year (laughs) and we'll talk about one of them (laughs) later on in the episode like it's obvious that this year does not is not uh a priority you know, so yeah, just sell at the deadline if if you've got pieces. Don't don't. Uh, we're looking long term here, fellas. We're looking long term. Speaking of long term, get Liam back into the conversation here. Liam, do you take any pause, any concern regarding some of the recent comments from not FSG ownership, but from a player, one Tristan Casas, who said there hasn't been a ton. What, what is it? It's nothing intriguing. No, nothing, nothing enticing. Enticing so far, so far regarding extension talks, which he confirmed have of course happened. But uh, do you, do you take any do you take any stock into that? Um, no, I'm not not going to freak out over the comment at all. Like a lot of people were doing on Sunday when it came out, and they're like, "Oh, like what's this organization doing? Like 
lock these guys up. Like, listen, this is just like negotiating 101. Like, I actually, actually think gonna... it's I think it's good for us that he said that. Like, at least he's open right. about it. Like, he's yeah. putting the ball. He's putting the ball in our court. I, to me, it's a good sign that negotiate like talks have already started. Yeah, because if this were the early days of Mookie Xander. Um, and even when Devers first came up, like we weren't doing that, we weren't engaging these guys. And Mookie was going into arbitration. Calls. You know what I mean? Like that that arbitration case had to be heard. And in hindsight, that should have been the biggest red flag with the Mookie situation. When I think it was leading into 2018, he got an arbitration hearing. Like they didn't come to an agreement on it. They had to go before an arbiter. That should have tipped us off that something was not going to be right down the line. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, here, yeah, at least they're they're talking. To me, Casas is he's under team control through 28 so to me the, the fact that talks are even happening now is a huge step forward for i mean yeah that you got think, four years the organizational to, to figure something out like so to me it's a good sign i i think the people that are just kind of like expecting bayo and, and casas like to be locked up already i i think it's they they just finished their first full major league season like to me if anything you see how the next the next will certainly tw- see how 24 goes. And if 24 goes really well, then yeah, they're a sure thing. Um, but I just think like these talks aren't going to just these contract extensions aren't going to happen overnight. But yeah. the fact, but the fact that talks are even happening already is to me is encouraging. You're right. And, so. and, it, and I understand that Red Sox nation sort of has sort of, uh, Trauma might be too intense. That, that's what I was going to say. People are so traumatized trauma. by the Devers and the Mookie of it all. Yeah, be, being nervous. But it's in one like way or the other. we've got four years to. I mean, it's yeah. And it, I again, like I said, I think it's a really positive thing that he's even talking publicly. Um, that they that they've been that a contract extension's been discussed. Like I remember, I I don't even think I'm trying to think back now. I feel like. They'd never talked to uh, Mookie until like the fucking year before free agency, right? I mean, did I? Am I imagining that? Like, I feel like it was no. Late. I, don't, I don't think you are at all. Yeah, like, I don't remember any contract extension talks. Yeah, whatsoever. the only thing I remember is that it was like one of, if not the biggest, arbitration hearings in the team's history. Maybe when yeah. when he went before arbitration, I think before his MVP year. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. Yeah, but I'm mean, wrong about Devers, a lot of things. Same kind of thing, like you know, like you waited until the year before his walk year, and then you had to, get, you had to give him three hundred mil, mil. Which, whereas, eh. okay, if Casas has another, if he takes another step forward in twenty four, then like, yeah, let's let's throw a, I don't know, um, Matt Olson esque extension at him. And yeah, and I think people also kind of get awesome. like he's a first baseman, which is such a unique. Uh, position for like to be in this position not that sounds stupid but uh, <laughs> a lot of these long-term extensions are like uh, talented outfielders or like middle infield guys like a corner infield is rare to have like a young buck um, that's really strong I'm trying to I saw like Hayes on the Pirates was another comp, comp people were throwing out for him um, Olsen and there was there was one other um, but yeah it's not there's not like an easy comp to point to and he's what is he 24 23 Casas I'm not sure off the top. I don't know I'll panic I'll tell you what I'll panic in spring of 27 26 26 spring of 26 if he's not 
if they don't have him. He, on, ju- he just turned 24 last month. So. Yeah. I mean, go. four years of team. Co- Wait, is it four or five? You said it's through 28. Right? I believe it's through 28. Four, five, six, seven, eight. So that's five years. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Including this one. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. Which I yeah, don't know why. I, uh, no, I'm, I'm glad that um, – I'm glad he's saying that they're nego- – you know what? I'm, I think – we've said this many times, but they do respond to bullying, this fr- the front office, like historically. And I think the fact that they have literally never extended a young player like pre, pre-arb or anything – uh, and that's clearly a trend now. Look, think... even even um, even Pedroia's extension, it was it was going into his his walk year. Yeah, uh, I training think, of his walk I think. Year. Listen, do I know if they'll get both Bayo and Casas done? No, I would be extremely surprised if at least one of them d- didn't get a a good pre arb extension. Casas should be the priority between those two. Hundred percent. Okay, well, when it comes to not... when it comes, yeah, Fitz, let when me comes let me let some... me go email Craig right now. I... <laughs> When it, I, I will say, when it comes to a, a, an everyday player versus a starting pitcher, I'm I'm far more inclined to lock up the everyday player. And first. respectfully, I, I like Bayo a lot, and I'm very excited, especially if he gets the slider going. Bayo kind of slipped a little bit towards the end, sure. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, which, he I, did. which I got. Yeah, I guess. I guess September my thing was at the end of the year, but promise. Whereas Casas is... looks like a, a guy who's about to break out onto the scene as like a legit stud left-handed. Hitter. I think for a pre-arb kind of contract, like. A, you know, like the extensions we're talking about. I think a pitcher's is almost more valuable, though, to a team because it's like the fall off is so more is so much more real when you get past those like 33, 34, 35 a lot of the time. So if you can lock up a guy, if you can grab some of those free agent years with it, I think that's mint for a pitcher. Yeah. Um, whereas a hitter often will maybe stay good a little longer. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't even know uh, if there's, I'm not sure if there's science or fluid, stats to know, back yeah, up what I do. No, I know, I know what you mean, but especially, especially a guy like us where you're like, you're playing. Yeah. That's a corner. Yeah. Where like the physical wear and tear shouldn't be that extreme. So yeah. if the bat is really as elite as it looked like it was from May 1st on last year, I, yeah. I would imagine that age as well, especially it's, with his plate approach too. And so. speaking of Casas, just one, one more thing. I fucking hate that he cut his hair hate it he had incredible strength he had incredible aura with that he's like um what is that what it's um like the master of disguise yeah he's always looking different he's always up to something (laughs) he's got a beard no beard for the fucking dreadlocks not dreadlocks cornrows i mean yeah he had the the cornrows the man bun going on like yeah 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 it's kind of exciting he should just start wearing wigs and stuff like show up (laughs) to the park For reference, just before we we move on here into the break and into our interview with Rose, uh, we mentioned Matt Olson getting an extension from the Braves. Uh, Leading it to 2022, Matt Olson got a... I just had it up. Was it 8-172? It was 8-year, $168 million, which is just over $18.5 million a year. Jesus Christ, that looks like a bargain right now for the Braves. Well, so, so, so just great. To, 18 mil, that's like what we're paying Yoshida. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, so that was his fifth... That was after his fifth season, his fifth full season, too. So that's even that's not really a comp, like, re- yeah. realistically. Right, you know? exactly. Like, you're, you're it's like, it's such like a you... hard... Yeah. Yeah, it changes, so. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a step aside. We're going to go into our first break of the show. When we return, our full segment with the Orioles preview and who he play for the second iteration of who he play for on the show brought to us by Rose. 
after the jump, we'll be right back. A couple of weeks away from opening day means it's time for us once again to start our American League East preview series here on Pod on, La- Pod on Lansdowne. I can't even say the name of the show right today, fellas. Here with Jake and Liam, and of course, as always, starting off with the Baltimore Orioles, our friend Rose, naturally Cats11 on Twitter. Rose, this is your third time here. You know the drill by now, but thanks again for coming on to the show, stepping into the uh, into the lion's den that is Red Sox Twitter, Red Sox podcasting. It's always great to have you on the program. I'm honored to discuss the reigning AL East champions, which is something I have not been able to say since I was in high school. 2016 was the last time they won the division. No, idiot. That was us. We won in 2016. Oh, yes. Okay, fair enough. 2016 was the Orioles. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs and nothing happened after that. Yeah, especially with Zach Britton. Definitely nothing happened. On yeah, that they, they decided playing professional baseball in Canada was not a good idea this close to the election. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they could have moved to Canada after the ele- election, though, after everyone was going to say that. When did uh, the O's but- last win? 15? They made the playoffs in 12 as the wild card, 14 division, 16 wild card. Okay, so 14. Now, again, you, you mentioned, obviously, the American League East reigning champions, Rose, and it's a good place to start there because, again, this is your third time doing this. We started this preview series before the 22 season, and I don't want to say we were patronizing of the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles in 2022. Come back better, to better times were ahead. <laughs> you have to, yep, as Bob Nightingale once said, but yeah. you have to understand, after 21, what they because I, th- I just wrote the article for OTM, I think it was 54 wins in 2021. Somewhere. I got to pull up. 54. It, was that the 50, worst one? 52, 83, and 101. The last what was the years. worst one? Was I, it I think 2018 was the worst one, which is still yeah. incredible because that had 47. Four, that had four months of Manny Machado, four months of Jonathan Scope, four months of Darren O'Day. Like that, that was not planned Solid to be a player. That was, that was like, okay, yeah, we missed the playoffs in 2017. We have this even year thing going like a, a diet version of the Giants. Like, okay, we'll yeah, be see back if we can get into the wild card and game. then all hell broke loose. Like it is, I've, I've never been more confused by a team with like four or five legitimately really good players who contributed to like the prior playoffs teams. Just like abject disaster. So yeah, yeah. I think I have fun fact show, show and tell real quick. While Liam gets that <laughs> just again in 21, absolute disaster. 22 again, not, not an amazing team at that point, but they were making strides. So we go into the 22 preview, be like, oh, here come the Orioles. You know, Adley's ready to come up and, and make an impact. You know, they've got Gunner waiting in the wings. They've got a pretty solid farm. But, you know, there's still some pieces here, some stuff to be left desired, even though 22 was a good enough of a season. Jesus Christ, they have the second most wins in all of baseball in 2023. Short eventually to the World Series champion Texas Rangers, but over 100 wins, most wins in the junior circuit. We now enter the 24 preview with you looking down at us when we're in the pit. So it's kind of the shoe's a little bit on the other foot here. How does it and, feel? And, 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 and you got a new owner that wants to spend money. Yeah, yeah. How's that like? Let's start there. How does yeah, it, what's that like? We're, we, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to rain on the parade, but like, I'm assuming he's inclined to spend more than like the Angelos's. But there's like a very wide range of what that entails. That's like true. There is, there is Padres spending and there is like whoever is like 14th in payroll this year. 
Like, I, I'm assuming there's going to be more financial commitment because it would be weird to become the owner and, like, not do that. But, like, no one has any idea if the ceiling of our payroll is the Mets, the Padres, the Yankees, et cetera, or just, like, a much more respectable, like, small market team. So, like, that, that's the big question as far but as... But that's a step up either way. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's definitely progress. But, like, yeah. is this so much money that we are going to extend all of Gunner, Adley, Jackson Holiday, Grayson Rodriguez... Or is this just enough money where we can extend one of them and also occasionally hand out a modest multi-year deal here and there? So, like, it's a step in the right direction, but it, literally no one has even the slightest clue if this is going to be Padres payroll or just no longer embarrassing payroll. So, like, it, it's, it's definitely good news, but, like, until, and the Corbin Burns trade is obviously a good step forward, but that's still a one-year rental, and I'm assuming it won't be extended. Until someone puts pen to paper on either an extension or a multi-year free agent contract, I'm currently in, oh, my mental state is like, cool, this is encouraging. I still don't know what exactly it entails. Right, cautiously optimistic. And, and yeah. I did want to get into that later, but might as well on, on to this point. And actually, before we do that, Liam, you said you had a show and tell thing. I don't want to. Oh, yeah, that. no, we're like way past it now. But we were talking about the 2018 Orioles. I have a media <laughs> guide here and it's like an absolutely loaded roster. Yeah. hundred percent. Rattle Gosman. them off, Liam. Rattle them off for our, for our beautiful well, listeners. Yeah, front Gosman center, of course. Gosman, as we know him now. But Gosman's yeah, still so, there. So Gosman's scope. Go- Adam Gosman Jones, was like reasonably Manny. good as an Oriole. Like, I feel like there's this like. What's the word? Like, they, like it starts with an they R. They gave Alex history. Cobb eighty million. Revisionist. 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 Thank you. Like, there's this revisionist history that like Kevin Gosman was like a disgrace as an Oriole. Like, no, he was like a B tier starter who became an A tier starter after he left. Like, yeah, he was he, the best he, pitcher he was on the 2016 team. Right. Yeah, he was unlocked truly to his full potential when he was out west in San yeah. Francisco, but he was still so solid was enough. He, this was, was not. This was not a Jake Arrieta. People like assume like, oh yeah, this yeah. is like. He he left the Orioles. Like, was no. Baltimore. Like, Jake Arrieta was like legitimately rancid as an Oriole. Kevin Gosman was just a B tier start. Who was Gosman's like 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 they were going to be? Oh, Dylan Bundy, right? Yeah, Bundy. What happened Bundy to him? Was he was supposed to be an, an absolute Dylan Bundy monster. was traded for Kyle Bradish, which I would say was the best trade of the Elias era up until Corbin Burns became an Oriole like three weeks ago. Oh, there you All go. Right. There you have it. Dylan Bundy was an all-time, like, oh, man, I'm short on fantasy starters right now. I need a quick streaming <laughs> candidate. Oh, Dylan Bundy's playing Kansas City? Then fire him up. Fire him up there. But- I'll never forget, like, when they drafted Bundy, and I think it was the same year we drafted Matt Barnes, the two of them, like, faced off in a low A game, and there were, like, scouts there that were saying it was the best-pitched game they'd ever seen, like, matchup-wise. I, I was going to say, I'm going to plug this for Orioles fans. I need to note that I will never forgive Matt Barnes for throwing at Manny Machado. <laughs> I understand the context of that, but, like, he threw out his head. Like, at least Chris Sale had the decency to, like, throw behind him. Like, Matt Barnes was aiming for the head. head and it was, like, it was, like, three different pitches, too. Like, he kept coming inside. Yeah, like, I, I remember that was, like, a Sunday game, and I was there. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, so, yeah, not not to relitigate. Nice relitigate the great uh, Manny Machado slide gate, but if I hear Matt Barnes, I have to say I do not approve of his character or behavior. I, I don't either, frankly. He, I, <laughs> <laughs> he got he, the bag and disappeared. Yeah, he fucking sucked. <laughs> I respect him for that. I mean, I, I will salute yeah. anyone who's able to secure the bag roni and cheese. But no, as we <laughs> enter a couple of weeks away, Rose, from the AL East title defense in Baltimore, what's the feeling here? Because you, you sort of talk about the new ownership, like with a cautious optimism, but in general, before we get into some specifics, 
how confident is Birdland going into this this new era of Orioles baseball? Um, I'd say people are feeling pretty good. Like we are essentially completely running it back because there's basically no one of note who left. Like the full list of free agents who left is like Adam Frazier, Jack Flaherty, Kyle Gibson, uh, Shintaro Fujinami, and I'm definitely forgetting someone, maybe another reliever or something. We're like, they're essentially running it back. Like they're bringing back Santander, they're bringing back Cedric Mullins, they're bringing back Hayes. Like they no, can't escape Cedric yeah, Mullins. To be yeah. Fair. The, the opening day lineup is essentially the same as the lineup they trotted out in the playoffs. And immediately that didn't work out that well with presumably replacing Adam Fraser with Jackson holiday. So like, as, as far as the offense, as long as no one gets injured between now and opening day, which is not a lock, like they're running back their lineup at 102 games and they're swapping out Adam Frazier, the number one prospect in baseball. Pitching's a little more, eh, Kyle Bradish is injured for some unknown amount of time. It's not season ending, but... Means is hurt not, too, right? Not, yeah, not season ending, has a very wide gap of when he comes back. Yeah, Means is hurt. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going... Like, he came back from Tommy John and I feel like that's always a, like, eh, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, situation. it's like, it's not like he's hurt, hurt. It's just like sort of like a setback, it seems like, with John yeah, like, right now. Like he's, he's yeah, he he just hasn't contributed meaningful innings since coming back from Tommy John. Because, like, that's how Tommy John works. So, yeah, I, I feel very confident about the lineup, especially if Jackson Holiday is pretty much as advertised. And if they are brave enough to put him on the opening day roster, which I think they should, unless he bats like zero 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 in spring training. So yeah, There's... I'd say lineup confidence, 9 out of 10. And then for the bullpen, Felix is presumably out for the year. They might try to, like, again, I'm, I'm not a doctor. My understanding is Felix is, like, 85% out for the year. And if they think they really need him for the playoffs, they might risk something. So yeah, the yeah. bullpen has a question mark because, like, they got Craig Kimbrell, who I believe is very familiar to the Red Sox fans. Of the yeah, Olympics, I was so. going to bring him up. <laughs> 2018 champ, no blown saves in the postseason. <laughs> Not a single blown save. Yeah. Listen, I, at the but, end of the day, I appreciate Craig Kimbrell for what he was able to do for the team, but I'd be lying if I said he's not going to give you like hard palpitations. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish watching him on my worst enemy, I don't think, especially now. <laughs> Like, I after think after last fall, it yeah. I was like, I would never want to see him on the mound in high no. leverage spots again. Yeah. So, I mean, good luck. But, Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you, you would have to assume Cano is going to be the main leverage yeah. guy. No. Yeah, Cano is the main guy, but Cano does not have anywhere close to swing and miss stuff where Felix had, like, the single best swing and miss stuff of, like, every reliever ever. I think that's only mildly hyperbole, too. Like, Wait, I think they're planning like, on not pitching Kimbrell as the closer? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. They they wouldn't have made that commitment if they were yeah because he there. can't he yeah. he's got a severe yeah, like mental it, block yeah it's like Kimbrell and then <laughs> yeah. you know like he st- he starts short circuiting in the eighth inning so, he's it's yeah. not right yeah. <laughs> so yeah the, the lineup I mean again obviously someone will presumably get injured but if we make it through spring training with like zero injury concerns I feel very good about the lineup like I legitimately don't think it has any like bad hitters in it like I don't know if it has like an insane nope. stud that'll depend on like how much Adley or Gunner can take the lead but like. If there's no easy outs, it's a pretty good lineup. But yeah, right. I was gonna ask, like, is is the only like real? I don't even know if this is like a legitimate hole because he looked really good last year when he was getting playing time. But like Ryan O'Hearn is is that really like the only hole, quote unquote, hole in the lineup? It's the only one that comes to my mind. I, like, I was gonna right say, like, I feel like o- O'Hearn was like pretty productive against Ryan right when they just platooned him with Mountcastle, and Mountcastle also had like vertigo, which I cannot say I've. Like, I, I'm not an expert on every, like, baseball injury ever. That's the first time I've heard of that as a reason for someone to go on the injured list. So, like, he came back from that, like, way, way better. Where I was like, wow, 
Did he have What's... vertigo for like the entire first half of the season? What did like, that Red Sox player had vertigo a couple of years ago? Wasn't that a thing? My dog, my one of my dogs see. had had dog vertigo. <laughs> my dog. Uh, All that's coming up is Sadie. Alex Verdugo. That's not helpful. My mini Australian Shepherd. She had. Dog, or no, I'm sorry. It was my lab, my yellow lab, Chloe. She had dog vertigo that's like what the vet said i don't want to make light of it but what, what happens with no dog she's fine vertigo? she was just, just like, like uh she's yeah, like fucking so, dizzy sorry she... for laughing at that i'm not no a, like, no no she's good this was like so three years ago the, the idea of dogs now. getting like human illnesses is very funny to me because yeah. i'm just not exposed to it it's like uh, oh yeah so my dog has heartburn just... <laughs> she, she just was like she kept getting dizzy like she couldn't like walk really for a long time she'd like kind of tip over so jeez. That was but yeah, it. That, but then, and then we brought her to the vet, and he was like, "Yeah, it's dog vertigo." And then we went home, and she was fine. So, I don't but know. yeah, that was definitely one of the more like random Orioles stories line or Orioles storylines. Is that our first baseman was like too dizzy to hit for multiple months, and then like came like back hitting like way better. So yeah, first base I would say is probably the most like I don't want to say in doubt position, but I have no idea how they'll distribute the playing time between Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan Mountcastle because if like if Mountcastle is doesn't have vertigo and can like handle right-handed pitching just fine. Then Ryan O'Hearn is. I can I think of one place he really fits. Yeah, I can think of one place w- where Ryan Mountcastle definitely doesn't have vertigo. Um, it's Fenway Park Hill? in Austin, Massachusetts. Because what that fucking guy? Can we take a second to talk about Ryan Mountcastle against the, the Red Sox? He, he has just over two hundred plate uh, at bats against Boston in his career. Ten home runs. I feel like every time he steps up to the plate, he does like damage. Ha- half of here. them have to be against Chris Sale. It's maddening. Absolutely he absolutely maddening. owned Chris Sale. I was going to say, it, it's very funny to hear, like, I thought you were going to go on a tangent about how he kills the Blue Jays, because I don't know if you have, like, his team-by-team splits pulled up, but if 1v wants to pull them up, whatever his OPS is against the Red Sox, I guarantee you it is, like, 600 points higher against the Blue Jays. So I, I believe, because I mentioned it, in again, in that article, I mentioned he has an 805 career OPS against the Red Sox. Oh, that's nothing. Against <laughs> whatever it is the against Blue the Blue Jays. Jays. I guarantee the Blue Jays is a four-digit number. <laughs> well, you know, we'll ask, uh, well, so we can I'm pull it up, up on StatMuse, too. Uh, Liam, do you want, do you, are you on that right now? Yeah, I'm on it. We can ask our Blue Jays guest about Ryan Mountcastle. Maybe Ryan Mountcastle might be like our Madame Web. His web connects all connects all the teams <laughs> in the AL East. Madame yeah, Mountcastle. <laughs> yeah, Mountcastle is kind of interesting because he's not like a veteran to the same extent that uh, like the outfield is. Like Santander is a free agent next year, and Cedric and Hayes are two years away, so they're like the veterans. Like Mountcastle was, I think, like the first real promotion they had in the Elias era, but he was still a Duquette guy. So he's sort of like kind of in the purgatory of not really being a veteran, but not really being like the flashy new prospect. Like seems like a Duquette guy, right-handed meathead who can just mash on his. Yeah, day, and they you know? they drafted him as a shortstop. You got it. What is it? Liam? Yeah, I got it. So okay, so I'll compare him to us at first. His line against us is two seventy three, three thirty six, four sixty eight. So the OPS is eight oh five, like Fitz said. But against the Blue Jays, it's 330, 394, 619. So the OPS is just over 1,000. He's got Jesus. 15 home runs. <laughs> you know, you, the grass 43 is RBIs. always greener, I suppose, man. Because, like, <laughs> again, I swear that guy fucking just kills the Red Sox. And then I hear that, the Blue Jays fans are like they're, they're furious at me if they hear that. Are you kidding me? But, yeah, I think – Admittedly, I, I have an affinity for him because I made his last name a pun, but – I think yep. he's probably one of the more interesting, like, offensive players because, like, 
he has a somewhat limited skill set where he offers right-handed power and not much else. But if you're offering more than enough right-handed power, then yeah, you have a pretty nice career in Major League Baseball. And if you're not offering enough right-handed power, then you're a first baseman who can't play anywhere else, who does not walk enough. So he has like a very fine line between being like the opening day starter until he hits free agency or getting dropped for Kobe Mayo. And that's a good transition because you obviously you talk about Gunner who 125 OPS plus in his rookie year after a pretty slow start, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And he still, he, he catwalks to the rookie of the year where he, he waltzes. Obviously Adley is, Adley's one of my favorite players to watch in all of baseball because he does everything right. It seems, and it comes so naturally to him. He's also, when I think you should leave fans. So that's bonus points in my book for him. Um, you talk about the the other usual suspects like a Mullins, like a Santan there, Santan there, um, and then Jackson Holiday making the way up. But there's still you still have Kobe Mayo, you still have Heston Kerstad, and there's one other prospect, Colton Kowser. Colton Kowser, yes. Is Ker- Kerstad is the one that looks like all the others, right? <laughs> well, all white and blonde. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they like look, look like they're going to ask me who do I know at this frat house. Like, <laughs> what's your ratio, bro? I, I don't, I don't know how much this like story broke through to like non Orioles fans, but Kersad had like a heart condition that I think was related to COVID, but do not like quote me on that. So was it so, like the myocarditis? Yeah, yeah, he oh, had Eddie. Geez. Eddie had that. He, yeah. yeah, he had that. Eddie, he links us. He links us all. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he had, he had that, and like. It took him, I think, like, 18 months between when he got drafted to have, like, his first, like, professional plate appearance, like, in the minors. So the fact that he is now, like, actually legitimately a major leaguer is kind of wild. Because, like, at a certain point, like, I thought, like, okay, this is just presumably going to end his career. Like, if he's gone this long without, like, being cleared, like, I mean, I'm I'm obviously not a doctor. But, like, it it was a very bizarre circumstance being, like, yep. We drafted someone who has a heart condition, which is totally out of his control. And for all we know, we just burnt a top five pick on someone who's literally never going to play. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was so the fact that he has gone from heart condition, unable to play, to like catching up on all the missed time and presumably being like the opening day DH is a pretty cool story because I legitimately did not think he was ever going to play. Right. Now, and, what's and his he, natural position? What's it uh, if he was playing defense? What is he? Outfielder, I thought, right? Yeah, co- corner outfield. And he can play first because you can teach most people to play first base. I wonder if there's a movie that talks about this, but yeah, like <laughs> he, he is he is not athletic so enough long. to play anywhere other How than corner outfield and first. Okay. Um, but again, you talk about that that you know collection of prospects in Baltimore who haven't even become consistent you know uh, producers for the big club. As we get into the dog days of the summer and get closer to the trade deadline, Rose, yeah, it's hard to speculate because injuries can happen. We don't know mm-hmm. if teams are going to flounder or be better than expected. But generally speaking, how many of these prospects who aren't in the mix just yet for the O's do you see becoming contributors or potentially being traded as short-term improvements for the big club because yeah. it's a they have like what six or eight of the top 100 in pipeline still in the prospect who you know still still in the um still in the system who haven't yet been called up it's crazy and then you look at some of the the pitching injuries right now maybe they want to upgrade there I, I'm curious to see what Baltimore is going to do in the short term and in the future with these young players. Yeah, now now that the Corbin Burns trade has happened, and like I wrote an article about this a couple of weeks ago, like the Corbin Burns trade was significant one because they got Corbin Burns, and two, like the principle of it, like okay, they actually are like willing to take the big swing. 
like their their big deadline moves were Jack Flaherty and Fujinami. It was like, okay, are we ever going to trade anyone who has a top 100 next to their name? And like, oh, we traded Joey Ortiz, who's a current top 100, and DL Hall, who was like a former top 100. I think he still had eligibility somehow, but like we traded our best like pitcher who wasn't like fully established as a starter in the majors, and we traded a pretty good shortstop. I was like, okay, this might like this is setting a precedent. This might happen a second time. So the fact that the Corbin Burns trade happened makes me believe that the answer to this will presumably, yes, they will presumably move at least one of these guys. Um, I think Cubby Mayo has the hardest path to the majors because he's a primary third baseman who can be moved to first. And like I said, if Ryan Mountcastle is, his post vertigo production is legit and he's like a perfectly solid MLB first baseman. I don't know where they're putting him because like they can stick him in the corner outfield, I guess. But like, if you're a natural third baseman and you're blocked third by Gunner and you can get moved to first, but you're blocked by Mountcastle. Like like I said, the only person who is a free agent after this year is Santander. So like the prospects aren't gonna find room particularly easily. So if I had to guess, like between Mayo, Kowser, Kerstad, I would definitely pick Mayo's the one who's most likely to get moved, just because like everyone in front of him has several years of control. And so yeah, I would say Mayo probably gets moved. I'm I'm like Kowser's kind of interesting to me because he's like the only one that they called up and like sent down where everyone else like they, they gave them like a long enough leash is like when you said like Adley's like first like 20 games were not good Gunner like when he got called up in 2022 was fine but yeah he started last year like being way too timid they didn't send him down so Kowser's interesting just because he's the only like top prospect they actually sent down was like whoa they really are not encouraged by this production. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much they believe in Kowser after that. Like, it's not a very large sample, but it was enough of a sample to tell them, like, we're trying to win the division, kiddo. Go back to Norfolk. So, yeah, yeah. Mayo is, seems likely to get moved just because of who else is there. Kowser seems, I'd say, a little less likely to get moved. But, like, again, like, the fact that he's the only major prospect that they've sent down. Well, Joey Ortiz got sent down, but, like, right. they yo-yoed him where they were never serious about getting then. like how's it got called up was like a consistent starter did nothing with that thing that was like all right back to norfolk with you so and cows is probably the most interesting prospect because like they called him up and he was bad and was bad for a sustained enough period and games that counted enough where they weren't going to let him figure it out like we have a division to win we're giving your playing time back to aaron hicks which yeah was like and yeah that was among the most bizarre developments of the 2023 season was like we made aaron hicks not washed anymore while one of our top prospects was like, like if you if you told someone before the season, like, yeah, we'll call up Colton Kowser and we'll send him down and no one will complain about it because we found a washed outfielder after Cedric Mullins got injured, you'd be like, eh, that sounds insane. Literally what happened. Yeah. I, I was going to ask out of that group there, are there any of the prospects that you're like pounding on the table? Like unless it's an absolute like slam dunk sort of a trade, hold on to this guy because he can be, you know, a, another piece to this puzzle. Oh, the the other major prospect I've noticed, Samuel Basayo, who is um, like younger than all of them. Like out of all the major prospects, he's the only one that hasn't reached AAA yet. And he's also a pretty interesting situation because he's a natural catcher. And folks, let me tell you, we already have a pretty good natural catcher. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, maybe the best catcher but, in baseball. Yeah, right like now. like if the bat plays, then you can make him a first baseman or make him a DH or make him a corner outfit or whatever. Where that's also definitely an interesting development. Like he hasn't reached AAA yet, but like. He's a natural catcher. We're set there even if Adley doesn't get extended. Like, he has, I think, like, four years until he reaches free agency where it's like, okay, like, 
I guess you can like do like a catcher platoon or whatever. Well, Adley switch that, so I don't think the like, are Where like, where did he even come them. from? Because I, I didn't hear about him until this offseason, and he's all of a sudden the seventeenth ranked prospect on MLB yeah, I mean, top one hundred. Like he, absolutely out of nowhere. I mean, it's, it's the same situation as Holiday. Obviously, different uh, ways to acquire each player. Where it's like, yeah, you are dominating levels that people your age don't normally dominate. But yeah, I've, I've given up on having opinion on what they should do with Samuel Basayo because, like, again, plays catcher. We're really, really set at catcher. Like, you cannot be more blocked for playing time than being a Baltimore Orioles catching prospect, but also, like, Adley spends, like, 30 to 40 games either DHing or... I don't remember if he's played first or either DHing or just having the day off. Or, like, you, you could benefit from having an upgrade on James McCann, but, like... If, if someone like really wants Basayo in exchange for like 1.5 years of a good pitcher, like I would make the move, but others are much more like skeptical on moving him because like his production and age is impressive, but like I don't know, man. His natural his natural position is catcher. Obviously, you can teach him a new position, but like a, a catching prospect that you're just willing to get rid of, well, not willing to get rid of, that you can get rid of without any like huge impact on like your organization yeah. like th- that's a pretty unique trade ship like I, I i think the last time that like a catcher has been like a prospect that got moved in a deal was like when the dodgers moved um capered ruiz for scherzer and trey turner and like yeah. if we can get a scherzer and trey turner type of return by including <laughs> someone who won't be the main starting catcher then yeah i do that but i i think i'm more open to moving him than other people just because like again like the age and production is impressive but like you're a catcher, bro. We're set for catcher for the next four years. If if someone wants like their catcher of the future when we already have our catcher of the present, if it's worth it, I'd include him. But I don't quite think that's the consensus opinion. I also think that the even the new ownership team, they'd be clowns not to extend Rutschman. I mean, switch hitting catcher who can defend and hit. I mean, that that's your face of the franchise going forward. That should be if anyone's going to get extended with the exception of potentially holiday if he blows up because he's a shortstop. But even with that in mind, I still think the slam dunk candidate for an extension number one in Baltimore would be Rutschman. Um, now, before yeah, we get into, to get back to your, say, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like essentially like I would consider Jackson holiday untouchable. Cause like that's a pretty boring take, but everyone else, like if the deal is right. So yeah, Jackson yeah. holiday is untouchable because like, I, I, I watched more than enough games of that 2021 season where I want to see the reward for that amount of incompetence, where I believe they had a 14-game <laughs> losing streak and a 19-game losing streak in pretty impressive. two different parts of the season. I was like, yeah, I want to keep Jackson Holiday not only for just like the premise of like, yes, this is our best prospect, but like, I want to enjoy the reward for this level of incompetence the third year into the Elias era. So yeah. The, the fruits of the labor, if yeah. you're able to use that term. Like, like I, I, I can do an entire podcast on like if tanking was worth it. And that's not what your audience is interested in. But like, if it's going to be worth it, you I better mean, shit, get it might Jackson be. Holiday. We're kind of going through it right now. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're pretty close. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I want to keep Jackson Holiday not only because he's the top prospect, but because like if we lost all those games just for a trade ship, I'd probably be a little cranky about it. But yeah. Right. Everyone else can be moved because, like, we have a pretty good group of position players already, and also like certain positions. Like, I feel like you can find like reasonably priced free agents. Like, I'm I'm not I'm not demanding we trade Kurstad, but if we trade Kurstad, I was like, oh, we have a hole in the outfit next year. Just sign like Jock Peterson or whatever. Like, you can you can find people that provide like that sort of archetype relatively easily. Right. Right. Now, 
I'll let you. This is Fielder's Choice on your end, Rose. I don't know how you want to. If if it's like a, a ceiling and a in a floor for Baltimore yeah. this year, like best case, worst case, your head and your heart, wh- whatever it is, going into twenty twenty four, what's your outlook and and a story for these twenty twenty four birds? W- what are you foreseeing um, for Baltimore this year? Yeah, I'd say floor is like eighty five or so. Like they won eighty three in twenty twenty two with out Gunner, without Jackson Holiday, without Corbin Burns, Grayson Rodriguez, or however much we get out of Bradish. So like they won 83 games basically entirely on accident. So I think like even a reasonable worst case scenario, like bump that up to like 85. And the ceiling is I don't 100 plus again. Like they've already established that like that's not an insane ceiling. So I'd say if they lose any if they do worse than 85 wins, then like a thousand things will have gone wrong. And if things go relatively well, Jackson Holiday is the rookie of the year, then I don't see why they can't win over 100 in the AL East again. So, yeah, I would say floor is 85. Stealing is, I don't know, the 2001 Mariners. <laughs> there you go. Well, okay, right, so you... give – all right. So give your your prediction on record. I, a I think, hard number. Yeah, I, I think 90 and 72. I feel like that's a reasonable expectation if you have a playoff roster because – it allows for certain things to go right, certain things to go wrong. Like, I think the 50th percentile outcome is 91s. I said 89. I thought they were going to 89, 73, and I think a uh, berth in the ALCS. I think that's in the cards. I think that's a reasonable thing to expect. Gosh, yeah, I think they're better uh, than that. As, I, th- I think they're higher than both I, you guys. I, I was I was going to say like 93, 95. It's yeah, such a division. That's the thing. Yeah. It's I was going to say you asked like as far like what's like the big picture mindset like. Just get in the playoffs. Like I've I've experienced like the division race between them and the Rays, where like the Rays went like what was it like thirteen and or whatever to start. Like we we did all that battling and it combined for zero playoff wins, which was also <laughs> what happened with like the Braves and the Mets in twenty twenty two. So I'm completely over the idea of feeling like you need to like be in an insane division race the entire year. Get in, figure it out from there. So rather they win the division or not i am not remotely moved by like obviously i still think there is an inherent advantage to having the bye because in game one you start your ace and the team that played in the wild card round starts like their number three or number four starter we're like yeah that's that's no legitimate advantage it's not like if people keep losing that game with the pitching advantage that's figure it out like yeah, we, those, we, the, the, we the lost to andrew heaney with kyle Braddon, so like <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah, the, the, the whole rest versus rust debate, people being like, oh, the buy is actually bad. That the, that shit over the fall that yeah. was setting like, me I like, through I the think wall. the buy is helpful, but not enough where I'm going to like be freaking out if we're one game behind in the division with three games left, but we also clinched a playoff spot like four days ago. It's like, just yeah, rest be nice up. nice to have it, like, but you know, just make, enter, you know. Like, legitimately, just rest up, enter the wild card series with everyone as fresh as possible. Let the Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox win the division. Like I, I've, I've seen two division titles. I have not seen an ALCS, a single ALCS win in my lifetime. So just make the playoffs, win an ALCS game. You will not have to let the Red Sox win the division this yeah. year. I was going to say, I, yeah, I was, I, I heard that and I went, I did the don't Trump. Don't worry about the that. what? Yeah. The who? Yeah, yeah. But, but between the Orioles and the Ravens, I don't want to say like I'm a nihilist about it now, but like I've, I've seen one seeds that don't win the title and with the Ravens I've seen not a one seed win the title where like just make it hope weird things happen in your favor it all it takes is one well I mean I guess a couple in baseball but you can <laughs> yeah. you catch my drift so anyways now it's time for the part that I was very excited for who he play for the second iteration here on pod on Lansdowne Rose for people who are familiar what is 
who he played for. It's not our original idea, not your original idea. Yeah. It comes from a different sport, but give the lowdown here, the elevator pitch. Yeah, this is um, an NBA on TNT bit that they've been doing for, I think, a pretty long time, where they asked Charles Barkley about random role players that the casual fan I don't think is super familiar with. Who does he play for? And they, of course, abbreviate to who he play for. So the premise is just asking about reasonably well-known players that move in the not like huge blockbuster moves, just like your B tier and C tier guys. So like if you watch the games, you will know who this person is, but like these are moves that didn't generate a lot of buzz. So I'm not going to be asking these gentlemen who does Shohei Otani play for. I will, however, be asking them the new location of 16 different players who are established, well-known major league veterans, but are not superstars. And I don't think any of them had a particularly large amount of hoopla once they switched teams this offseason. So the premise is you're probably not going to remember all of these. Alrighty, with that I'm out nervous. of the way, I'm I was so bad at this last year or two, whatever it was. <laughs> and the thing is, like we we we've the last couple of months, I feel like baseball fans as a whole have been like, this has kind of been a slow off season here after yeah. Shohei and I've Yamamoto. Checked out. Yeah, it, it's just kind of been like because you know Monty's still on the board, Snell's still on the board. Has Bellinger hasn't signed right? He's still nope. available. Am I right? I was going to sure. say, because I, I don't remember Bellinger signing unless that I just completely got amnesia. So over the last couple of months, it's kind of been slow. But even then, I'm still excited to see who's featured here. So, all right. So with that out of the way, and if this sounds different, it's because it's actually a different stream. We had some technical difficulties before we got going. But without further ado, the second iteration of Pod on Lansdowns, who he play for, courtesy of Rose. Play quiz. All right. All right. Here we go. Mitch Garver, who he play for? He is a Seattle Mariner. That one I do, I do know. Okay, I can click, click, click on the Mariners. Yeah, I, I just wanted to see what everyone else was doing. Where it's Mariners, there we go. Oh, yeah, 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 that is. Okay. Carlos Santana, Ooh. who he play for? Oh, God. Uh, Brewers. Brewers. Yeah, I think it is Brewers. Brewers. Is, he, is he a Brewer? I uh, think I'll, so. I'll ride with that. Brewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click and find out. Oh, he is not. <laughs> he, wait, he is, so he, he was a Mariner as well? I mean, at. at some point, yeah, but who he played for on opening day 2024 is the Minnesota Twins. Ah, oh. I didn't see. I did not know that he was with the Brewers. I would have thought for sure Correct. he was with this the is, Brewers. This, these are moves that happened this off season. This is the yeah. Was he a deadline day because he was originally with the Pirates because he had that cool dance after yeah. he walked it off? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, he, so. yeah. He, he's he's a very good like immaculate grid answer. Like, can you name anyone else who was like a royal and a Philly? Carlos Santana was. His but... web connects them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, I'm gonna all keep right. playing. Play the fucking game. All right. So, anyways, next is uh, what IKF, yes. right? IKF. Yeah. Yeah. With the Blue Jays. IKF. Blue who he played for? Yeah, I think he's a Blue Jay. Yeah, he Click showed up to the camp with a beard. I'm waiting for because again, this old laptop here. Blue Jays got it. Correct. Joey Gallo. Who he played oh, for? Oh, I know this. Nationals. Nationals. Yeah. Yeah, he's a gnat. Okay, we're actually doing pretty yeah, good, guys. Nailed it. Mark, Ooh, Mark Hanna. Mark Hanna, a legitimate straight ally, and I said with zero sarcasm, like, I think one of the most, like, pro, like, LGBT players. Like, I think him and Sean Doolittle are, like, the two most That's great. guys. Shout so, out Mark Hanna. I support him. Mark Hanna, who we play for? D-backs? Is, is he a... Oh, yeah, is he a D... I was going to say D-back or Royals? I want to say D-back. I think he went to the D-backs. Maybe like a guys. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it real. I I have no idea. I don't. I have think it's you know, a D back final answer. 
Jake, you're fucking fired. Oh, Incorrect. Fuck. Our, our beloved straight ally is a Detroit Tiger. Oh, it was a Ooh, Tiger. Oh. I got the same right. division. Right? That was, that was, I think, like the very first like legitimate move of the offseason. Like I was going through like the Fangraphs like offseason tracker, and that was like the first trade of someone who I think is worthy of being included in this game. That's like a legitimate major leaguer. Yeah. Well, it fooled us there. So he's attacked. So we've missed two so far. Let's uh, let's get it going. Who's up? Alex Wood, who he played for. No idea. Uh, I have not he, even the slightest. Uh, is He feels like the most Anaheim angel who's ever lived, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, <laughs> Royal? I, I have no idea. No, they signed Seth no. Lugo to that rotation. They, they signed, signed a bunch they signed of guys. Lu- they signed Lugo and Waka. Like, I don't think they signed Royal. Yeah, they, uh, um, I don't think so maybe- either. I do, th- I, I do get a sense that he's in the central, though, for some odd reason. <laughs> Which, an inkling. You have an inkling. <laughs> just because I, I don't have any recollection of it, yeah. I'm I've got I'm nothing. I, I, Fitz, I don't take know. the wheel. Take the wheel. Twin, twins gonna, or White I Sox? Th- Toss I think, one with Twins or White Sox. Oh, the White Sox. <laughs> I think he's an angel. Okay. I'm taking the shot on this. I'm going angels. Take, take, you got the you got the keys. So. It, it clicked, but it didn't give anything. I don't know. <laughs> he is, he is an Oakland again. Athletic. He is the he's one free agent. Oh, he's no. the one free agent. The A's signed per year, so the MLB doesn't like fully accuse them of money laundering. Right? <laughs> Kyle Gibson, beloved member of the 2023 Orioles, a fine innings eater. Who is he eating innings for? Cardinals, I believe. Yeah, sounds about yeah, right. right. They made a couple signings. Sunny. Yeah, he's and... a card. He's a card. Cardinals he's a card. got it. Nice. All right. Dodgers. Oh, old I know friend, that one, old Dodgers. friend. That one's easy. Yeah. James, yeah, James Paxton, Paxton is a Dodger. That is. Yeah, yeah that, I was going to say James Paxton. I figured it would be relatively We, we should know for that one. Sox audience. Yeah. So, old friend. the Doyers. Harrison Ooh, Bader. Who he played for? He's a Met now, isn't he? I think, yeah. Yes, you're, uh, yeah, you're right. Good yeah, one, you're right. Good pull. Yeah. He's a Metropolitan. He is indeed a Met. Aaron Hicks. Ooh, Aaron Hicks. Member. Another, I, I, I may have included. Like, he's every... a D-back. I think he's a D-back. Mm. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I don't is know. Is he an angel? I thought, I thought D-back, so I'm out. I, I don't know. I have, the, I have the worst poker face doing most. Yeah, def- definitely hit pause. You have a lot of answers. Yeah, one yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's still there's a five minute timer on this, but we're not going on that <laughs> yeah. again. This old this the, old the, the five minute timer for you to play it without recording the podcast or it. Yeah, I um, I I thought I I I I don't know. <laughs> um, who who is he on? Is he is he an angel? I, yeah, say, that, say I, I think I think I, yeah, I think I think Angel's Angel is the somewhere. the break glass in case of emergency answer for all this because they they yeah. they are so hey nailed it. Jordan Hicks is an angel. He's Jordan Hicks. Jordan Hicks. Jordan right, Hicks pause is a again. Giant. Pause again. Pause. We need. We no, got. He is a giant. Down. I know that one. He's a giant. Okay. And they they want to make him a starter oh, for right. some reason. Yeah. Right. Reese Hoskins Brewer. I know that one. We're speeding through these now. Martin Maldonado. Who he play for? White Sox. White Sox. I think, I think Jake's right. I think Martin yeah, Maldonado think is right a White Sox. Yeah. There was a moment where we thought he you was going to be a White Sox. We Instagram were... Yes. <laughs> yes. White Sox. Got it. All right. Nice. Marco Gonzalez. Oh, he God. Mark fucking idea. Jesus Christ. I've got no fucking idea. <laughs> is he a pilot? I don't even know. I don't even know. I, can't, I don't even know who he was playing for. He was with the Mariners. <laughs> <laughs> he were... uh, I think he's a pirate. Fitz, you gonna, got this one. Pal. I'm going to say, got... Liam, what do you Take think? It. 
Pirates. Nailed it. Let's go. Yeah. It was him and this... Martin Perez were like, which one is harder to guess? And I don't know. I just want to mark All right. We got 30 seconds. Eugenio you Suarez. Know, you He's know. a Diamondback. Yes. Yes. Who we play for? Okay. Seth Lugo. Who we play for? Royals. We already said it. Royals. Bang. The, the, the clock keeps speeding up by like 20 seconds within two seconds, like every so often. All right. So, so we nervous. only got three wrong. That's yeah. pretty good. Okay. So, 81%. The average score is 83. And, and the note they gave us oh. was that was dot, dot, dot. Okay, I guess. So there you so, go. Yeah, oh. I, I didn't include every team. I tried to include either starters or position players. And I tried to include people who got major league contracts. Like, I could have done a much more, like, devious version of this. Like, Kevin Pillar got, like, a minor league deal <laughs> with, I think, like, the White Sox. So, like, I, I only wanted to include people that are starting pitchers or like position players and i wanted to include either people who got actual real money in free agency or were traded and i make my own judgment on who's noteworthy enough in a trade <laughs> that's, that's fair. fair enough yeah I mean, because when you it get seems into like the a, a good of... a good degree of difficulty that that seemed it, it felt like a fair degree of difficulty so well done yeah, very well. I mean, yeah, because when you get into the weeds of the minor league deals, it, it can get real crazy. Like, I, th I thought I saw something. I, it may have been MLB Trade Rumors tweeted it or whoever it was. I think um, either he was rumored to sign a minor league deal or did sign a minor league deal. Uh, Luke Voigt with the Mets. Yeah. Oh, he just that. signed today. He signed today. There you go. So, yeah, that's when yeah, it's like the they, Like, David Dahl signed a deal with someone, like, three days ago, but that wasn't, like, a major league contract. So, like, I try to do it people that are, like, have been judged to be if they're a free agent have been judged to actually get major league money and trades i feel before like that's, we, nice. uh, that's major league money before we let rose go i did want to i i just wanted to to circle back to before we started recording we were, we were discussing justin smoke liam before <laughs> you got on and so that just i made he who he played for he's in japan yeah. Um, he's with the yamiori the yamiori giants but um oh. on, on his wikipedia page his personal life um Oh God! Has it has three sentences. Uh, so here, I just want to read it to you guys because this, this is crazy. <laughs> In November 2010, Smoke married his high school sweetheart, Kristen huh. Bevacqua, period. They have two daughters, period. Okay, so that's two sentences. Here's the third this one. This third one must be pretty notable. In this is the whole personal life section. <laughs> and then, here we go. In April 2011, Smoke's father, with whom he had been very close, died of cancer. That's the entire, that's the whole. Oh. That's it. Oh. That's all you need to say. I was expecting something way worse than that, not to imply that dying <laughs> cancer is bad, but like, you, yeah. you built that up for something much more ominous than dad died of well, I just feel like give the guy, you know, give him, flesh him out a little bit. It's like, <laughs> a little character, the character yeah, development's yeah, not yeah. there. No. RIP Mr. Smoke, though. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Smoke. I didn't Pop even Smoke. Know Papa Smoke. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Oh man! So on that note, on that note, Rose, as always, third time's the charm. It was great having you on again. Thank you very much for talking about your beloved birds and random players who play for different teams now. Like it's you simulated three years ahead in MLB the Show. Like what the hell? Like Reese Hoskins in Milwaukee. What, what's going on here? Seth Lugo in KC. What's this all about? But it, it was always, as always, great having you on. No problem. Support trans rights and all that good yes. stuff. Yes. And... It's an honor to be the Orioles guest for this. 100%. And the or, the get... Orioles correspondent. Yeah, the Orioles. yeah our, our, correspondent. Our, our DMV correspondent. Yeah. Liam Liam is on, on the ground. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. DMV is not Baltimore. Those are two separate entities. DMV yeah, is a synonym for the D.C. metro area, which I... does not include Baltimore. 
Continue. I, I thought it was Delaware. Oh, how about that? Oh, no, 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 no. You have committed one of the classic blunders. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh, like Princess Bride, yeah. There, there has been more than True. enough discourse about this. I think people will occasionally disagree, but the consensus of DMV is a synonym for the D.C. metro area, not the uh, entire free state region. Did not know that. So, like, the University of Maryland, which is in College Park, which is in PG County, which borders D.C., that counts as the DMV. The Baltimore Orioles do not represent the Fair DMV. enough. Okay. Never start a land war in Asia and never refer to Baltimore <laughs> as a part of the DMV. That's good to know. <laughs> um, before you go, Rose, where can people find you? Um, Give all the plugs. At NaturallyCats11 on Twitter. I do writing sometimes weekly, sometimes once every three months at uh, Baltimore Sports and Life. I'm working on an article soon looking at the angles and like storylines of Will Jackson Holiday make the opening day roster. So I'll have that ready hopefully within 48 to 72 hours of this getting published. So yeah, I'm tweeting, I'm writing. Those are the only social medias I'm going to give out on a Boston Red Sox podcast. But yeah, <laughs> if, if, you can, if you find my analysis interesting, you can follow me on Twitter and occasionally my analysis turns into articles. And one more time, what's the handle on Twitter? At NaturallyCats11, K-A-T-Z, not C-A-T-S. There you go. Wonderful. Rose, as always, thank you very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Rose. Bye, Rose. Skip it about that. All right, we'd like to say thank you once again to Rose at Naturally Cats Eleven for giving that great insight on Baltimore in the AL East as well as who he played for. I thought we did pretty well in who he played for, gents. What do we you did. Think? We did. I, I was surprised. I thought we did too. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not too. Not too I was shabby. Proud of us. I was proud not too of us. shabby. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at Pod on Lansdowne. I am at Fitzy Mopena. Jake is at Jake Wallinger. Liam, the traitor, going on other fucking shows i'm still mad at him about that at liam fantasy underscore on the old bird app if you want to give us a voicemail if you want to leave a question or comment for us you are most welcome to do so you can call us at 617-420-2431 again 617-420-2431 from baltimore to boston let's shift our focus back to the team that we like and let's talk about a couple of bullpen moves that's happened in recent days gentlemen John Schreiber, out the door. We hardly yeah. knew him. He has been flipped to Kansas City for a pitcher. I do not have uh, his name in front of me right now. So I guess <laughs> we're going to find that. I should have foreseen that happening. That's uh, my fault as the host not being able to do that. David Sandlin. David Sandlin. Sandlin. Yeah, when I first saw this trade, gentlemen, I was kind of confused. This was Saturday, I believe, when, when the trade went down. Yep. I was like, Correct. what the? Yeah, it was during the Arsenal game, during the Arsenal thrashing uh, of Burnley the other day. So I was happy oh, about that, but I was like, be, what? Don't be mean to the Clarets. Come on, Absolutely man. not. You know, fucking Vincent Company? No, not after what he did at Man City. <laughs> no, he's, he's done enough winning. Absolutely not. And hey, it helped us for our goal differential, Liam. So if we get you on I points. Did, I, 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 I noticed that. Was first kill Bill Sirens. <laughs> Uh-oh, they're, they're up by one. 14 and one over our last three games. That's a plus 13 in the goal differential and just a trio of games. When Kai Havertz is scoring off of you, man, that's when you know that this might be the that's year ugly. for, for our gunners. Um, but anyways, back to baseball. John Schreiber gone. Um, at first, gentlemen, I was very confused about this. I was like, what the hell, man? Like, I know Schreiber was kind of falling off a, a little bit. He wasn't his 2022 self, but I still really liked Johnny Leverage. I saw some of the reports on... Again, I don't have his name in front of me. So David, David Sandlin. <laughs> David Sandlin, the Sandman. Enter Sandman. Sandman. Read some, yes. Read, read yes. some reports on him, and I kind of calmed down a little bit. It was like, uh, 
to quote the well not to quote the the simpsons jake uh but when the guy jumps out of the window at the pto meeting because they're disbanding and oh, and then, then he runs back in? Ah, he jumps back yeah. in. That's kind of what I was... Yeah. That was sort of my reaction to this. I kind of calmed down a little bit. I got a little bit too emotional. Then I kind of reeled it back. And I was like, you know what? If they are kind of building for the future, like we were just talking about earlier, to get a guy who projects to potentially be a starter down the line for John Schreiber, when you're already kind of training from a position of strength, I think it makes sense. Uh, who wants to add on to that first? Liam or Jake? You can take the floor on this, on the John Schreiber trade. Take it away, Jake. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I so a real position of strength, it seems, uh, for our 2024 Boston Red Sox is the pen. Uh, seems like they feel uh, that there's a lot of depth there, especially uh, right-handed pitchers uh, in the pen. Um, so I think they – and, yeah, Schreiber was not excellent last year. So if they don't think he can get back to that 22, makes sense to me. Uh, shit. Uh I liked the guy, seemed like a fun dude. Uh liked his energy on the mound, but um yeah, uh <laughs> good seems like a good trade. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much you want to bank on a high A reliever, but like Schreiber's going to be 30 in like 2 weeks, so um it's like yeah, it makes sense to me. No, I I mean I have to piggyback off that. Like we've we're we're trading from a position of strength to bolster a position in the farm that literally there's no one in our top 10 prospects according to Sox prospects that profiles as a starting pitcher. Not hey, a single Trey, prospect. I'm still holding out hope on Trey Ball, Liam. All right? Let's <laughs> give him some respect. Henry yeah, Owens. Out, well, yeah, Henry one, Owens. if Henry can just start to lo- start to locate that fastball, guys, watch out. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's no one in the top ten. Let me see if I can go even further. There's no one in the top fifteen, uh, unless I don't even think Dick Fitz profiles. Yeah, potential. Oh, well, I thought Dick Fitz reliever. did profile as a starter. Uh, Sox prospect says potential multi inning depth reliever, ceiling ceiling of a back end starter. Okay. So to me, uh, the the story of the off off season at least has been they are amassing arms to play around with which to me is seems like a smart strategy for a, farm lab, si- for a farm system that is desperate for arms that maybe even uh you know are on the cusp or the fringe of being a starter but you know if if bailey and breslow and um god the guy they brought in from driveline like to oh, me yeah. uh, that, that, that's a recipe for success you, and, you, and you already as many went arms through yeah, and you already went and acquired some relievers this year, right? Like Campbell, Weiser, you know, people like that. Well, to... Like Weiser, there was a video of him on the mound at the fort, and I swear to God, for like three days, I thought it was John Schreiber. Did until, you call uh, it the I... fort? Yeah, Fort Myers. I've never Myers, heard Fort Myers called no, the, yeah, fort. People, the fort. People say that. I don't know. I like it. Down I just... um, but yeah, no, there was a video. There was a video of Weiser on the mound um, at spring training. And for like three days, I just assumed it was John Schreiber. It kept showing up on my timeline, like same delivery slider looked the same and everything from like behind the backstop. Um, and then uh, I think it was like Robbie Hyde. Shout out Robbie um, on Twitter yesterday was like, hey, well, like we lost John Schreiber, but you guys are going to love Weiser because they, they look like carbon copies of one another. So, you know, we, we've got a ton of right handed arms that can fit the need in that bullpen right now. I'm I'm okay with it. So I don't under, I didn't really understand the. I mean, I know we love the the Red Sox Twitter community loves to be knee jerk, but I, I oh, to yeah. me it was like okay, like <laughs> John Schreiber. We 
we saw him at his best in 22. He looked a little cooked last year um, when we saw him. So to me, it's okay. Speaking Every, of 20... everything, everything's going to be okay. And it opens up a spot on the 40 man roster guys. There you go. Right. So I, th- I think, yeah, uh, we will miss Johnny Schreiber. Speaking of Twitter pals and the John Schreiber trade, uh, Sammy James, one of the uh, play Tessie boys, uh, was defending himself by saying now John Schreiber is pitching for a contender, quote unquote. And I got to say, <laughs> the AL Central is so bad that it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's wide open. That, that Casey has some home playoff games in October. You know what I mean? With, with the extension, they, they improved the rotation a little bit. Maybe the Twins take a step back. The White Sox are a fucking nightmare. They might never be good ever again, period. The, the sun will blow up before they have a winning record. The Tigers are still kind of on the up and up. Maybe the door is open there. Who's In Cleveland, we don't know what life is going to be like after Tito. It just... Who knows? Who knows for the Royals? I don't know. If I was a Royals fan, I'd be feeling pretty good about how their winter went, you know, going into that that division this year. Because to me, at least, like... Someone has to win it. If it were, I mean, if you had asked me, like, if if we were the team that had gone out and, like, signed Lugo and brought Waka back, um, I I would still be like, I don't know if this team gets out of the basement. But the conversation is completely different one division over, so... Good for them. Good for them. How does it feel to know that like we'd have a good chance to win the American League Central? As it, it hurts. Right it's now. painful. Yeah. But that's baseball, Susan. That's how Speaking, the cards are dealt. Exactly. Speaking of right-handed relievers in and out of the Red Sox bullpen, we have a new pal, ladies and gentlemen, and it's one of the most delightful guys to follow in all of baseball, Liam Hendricks, the newest member of the Boston Red Sox organization, signing a two-year $10 million contract. Correct. I believe in total five a year. Now he's going to be out for almost all, if not the entirety of 2024. Correct. Uh, That's right. may, maybe not. This, this, it sounds like August is. Yeah. Possible. Okay. So, and first of all, the fact that Liam Hendricks is even healthy enough to have a potential ETA in Boston of August is miraculous. After his cancer diagnosis, he was able to overcome that, comeback player of the year in 2023 in the American league. We salute him hats off to him. Um, also captain woke Jake, uh, <laughs> Liam Hendricks, big woke. And he uh, is good, big woke. Good for poll sure. on the, uh, Ron DeSantis woke, 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 woke video from the podcast. Account. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> Thank that you. That one. I think that we'll get a lot of pull from, we'll get a lot of use out of that one. Whenever he comes into the game. <laughs> yeah. Or Angelito. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for, for both of them, instead of a K counter, it just says woke on it. So, <laughs> Ten strikeouts for Giolito. No, 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 the, the, no, no, no. Fitz, Fitz, think even, dream even bigger. W O K K K K K Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yep. You're cooking. Although, if you get your third strikeout of the day, it kind of counters the woke sentiment, does it not? We'll just. No, they always, they always, isn't it? They always wait to put the third one up until the fourth one. That would be smart. Yeah, it would behoove them to do that. I think that's what they do. But anyways, um. His upside is amazing, guys. We've seen him before. He's a stud closer when he's on. Um, His nickname being Slider always makes me laugh, too. Slider in an Australian accent. I don't know how uh, that Australian accent was. If we have any Australian listeners, let me know. Um, But again, it seems like it's it's a move to pivot towards 25 in the future. I mean, Kenley Jansen, I think it's safe to say, if he's not traded before opening day, he'll be traded Leading up to the trade deadline, he'll go to a team that's actually contending and bolster their bullpen uh, while Hendricks is given the reins when he's healthy to go. 
but I dig the move, guys. I, again, if we're going to be kicking the can down the road to try to contend later on, I like the idea of Hendricks leading the bullpen after some additional rehab, some additional rest, and getting ramped up ready to go. What do you think? I mean, I yeah, think it's going to look great when they move Kenley at the deadline and then Hendricks just slides right into the closer role. You got cut there, by the way, Jake. I, <laughs> I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was well, I wish they would just comment. fucking trade Kenley already. I don't, what are we waiting for? <laughs> well, cor- like, course of the day, he's like, I want Kenley ready for Seattle. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I mean, obviously don't. Don't make the trade for the sake of making the trade, and I'm sure they can trade him at the deadline. But like, he's not exactly a model of health, so I feel like you, if once he gets healthy, maybe just get take the best deal at that point. Because um, I don't know, I feel like every other day with Kenley for the like latter half of the season was like, yeah, his fucking lats tight or something. It was a whole uh, thing. It, they just had a report now that he had some tightness, but again, could be ready to go right away. Yeah. Like there was no issue uh, for the start of the year. It, it is so funny that like, if you if you buy into the narrative that they don't want to go over the luxury tax fine, and if you buy the narrative that they wanted to clear the money for Kenley to make a big starting pitching addition, like we're almost we're almost at St. Patrick's Day. We're we're less than a month away from St. Patty's Day. The fucking tournament is coming up. Opening day is around the corner. We're like five weeks away from it now, and there are two big lefties still on the market. And Kenley's still on the books, and he could still be traded, and it hasn't happened yet. It's like I've, I've always been fascinated this. at at this narrative because it's like the money does not you don't you don't give the guy his one hundred and fifty million right the there. minute you fucking sign him. It's yeah, not like exactly you don't have to. So I don't. I, I've never really understood this anyway. But yeah, I don't um, like the opportunities there if they want it. Who, you know? who, if you're gonna trade even, who are even Jordan Montgomery's suitors? anymore everything well, i've well, seen the, the, the rangers, rangers are, are like right because of like the tv deal stuff yeah they They're said like, we're poor now they said no uh, chris young was so, like oh, so i don't see any other major moves so i don't know i mean, I mean maybe maybe this does turn into us signing him before the week's over and on like i don't know four four years can i say something can i say something that's, that deal? might ruffle some feathers real quick let's hear it because i gotta take as well if it's Pace not up. if it's if he doesn't want at least a three-year deal i'm not interested if montgomery doesn't want at least a three-year deal correct he's gonna want at least a three-year deal well I'm but i've read that i've read that he could maybe just because the market sucks so just get another bite at the apple down the line yeah but if but if you're not locking him up then I, what's the we suck? I, I agree. What? Then yes. Yeah. I no, I think if we're signing him, I, I would prefer five to years. give him a five-year deal. Five years, six years. Yeah, yep, I would do that. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with saying I, seven seems extreme. He's I already mean, what's, thirty-one. What's the but... latest on it? There's nothing. But a, a lot of his game, Liam, is not like velocity. Right. Do you know so what it's mean? like a, so like I would imagine. And with the it looks, it looks like the Yankees are probably going to get Snell too. So they can have him. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, I'm I agree. Okay I'm, just, I'm just saying that's another team that would be. Out, like, I don't. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Lefty at Fenway. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it gives up hard contact, prone to the long ball. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Blake Snell might walk Tristan Casas forty times in a single season. <laughs> in a single game. <laughs> in a single game. 
Yeah, I'm fine with that. What's the, what, what's the walk equivalent of the golden sombrero? Because that's what <laughs> Blake Snell's going to have for, uh, for Casas. Um, but I was going to say, we've been... I, I think all things considered, we try to keep it pretty positive on Pod on Lansdowne. We definitely have our moments where we're kind of in, in the pits and the gallows. Signing Montgomery after all this time would unfuck the vibes so quickly. It's in a heartbeat. In it's... a heartbeat. I'd take it all back. I'd right? take it all back. I'd I really would. I'd have something to live for. We I also... <laughs> we unironically yeah. post the more than a feeling video. <laughs> and I know I wanna, it's... I want to post you... the Raise It banner, like, earnestly at some point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you post it today for Hendrix? Did you do anything with that? No, I didn't do anything for Hendrix. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's out for most of the year. It's hard to get, like, super jacked. The last one I hit was was nothing enticing. So, you know, as the season, as we went from, like, Yamamoto to Montgomery, you know, et cetera, and it's like, as as the offseason progressed, I did begin to understand, like, not spending a ton of money on a DH. Um, The more I was like, yeah, the defense really was awful last year. Like, if they just want to let Massa take DH and have a more athletic outfield. That's fine. Like, I, I think they probably could have worked with him as the left fielder still, but it's fine. I get it. Signing Montgomery would literally, you'd be like set for the next few years. Like it, cause, cause you, if Masa stays at DH, then it's like, well, then Anthony would take one of the outfield spots anyway. Like you'd push, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even really have to get creative after that. You hope you trade for another starter or something in the next year or two, but the, or si- or sign like get the sign one. It's the like next, it's like yeah. why you know it's so easy. Why it's so easy? It's so easy. Why aren't why aren't we the GM or the owner? I guess well, you could just fire up MLB the show and we can be that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I'm just, it's I'm fucking just to, off the bat, off, off the top of my head. I'm trying to think like um like we should do like an in memoriam for like the interested names that never materialized <laughs> like Shota Imanaga um Sarah McLaughlin in the Where did he end up Cubs He ended up in Chicago he, yeah, yeah. right yeah okay like, I forgot yeah, about we... him a week after he signed <laughs> Yeah it's been a long it's been a long couple months <laughs> but we're close we're close. We're close I yeah I mean if if they manage to to fucking pull off the JD Martinez, wait him out, wait him out, wait him out. I I would have to apologize. I would be unfamiliar with their game. We could actually post the the breastfeeders mama video. <laughs> <laughs> mama. Yeah, I have to say when I when we made when when we thought of the breastfeeder stuff, I did think we'd get to use it a bit more. Frankly, well, yeah, I, I broke it out the other day um, when like. I don't know. I quote tweeted someone's report on um, the Sandman and they were like, Boston might've just fleeced. And I said like, I don't know, breast fan or breastfeeders were, were here. And people were like, Oh, breastfeeders. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> so like, we haven't used it at all. Yes. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, um, Milk emoji this week, by the way, now that we're talking about it. Milk. Yes. <laughs> milk. yes. The yes. milkman. We're the milkman. Instead of the K-men this year, the milkman. <laughs> Do we even have anybody that – we don't even have a pitcher with a K in his name anymore, huh? No. Hauk. Hauk. Whitlock. 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 Hopefully Cutter. those guys are – hopefully Cutter. those guys are – Cutter could be one. That's special. Uh, hopefully those guys are relievers, though, but I don't know. Well, not Cutter. 
not Cutter. Yeah, I'm all in on Cutter. I mean, Cutter Cutter's going to be the four, right? Do we do we think the rotation opening day is like Dayo, Giolito, Pavetta? Give Pavetta um, opening Alc. day. Give Pavetta opening day. I, it sounds I think like he, he's I ready. think he, I think he'd throw a perfect game. He he'd have so much juice. <laughs> Pavetta, I've yeah. never seen a pitcher in my life as as a as a Red Sox fan. I've never seen a pitcher that like so obviously just runs on adrenaline as much as Nick Pavetta. Like the higher leverage moment he is better like th- he came into those fucking rays games in 21 <laughs> and he was like dropping 12 six curves like it was like he was uh uh i don't know who somebody that throws a great 12 six curve somebody th- throw one out throw one um, out. um wayne right yeah like he was barry zito wayne right sure i mean and then then you look to like when he's like starting games last year, the first half of the season, he just sucks. Like he's like coming like, in. Vlad taking him to the moon, like scheduled. I hope they're able to do the run. Pavetta comes in for the second inning for the rest of his career. I think it's the funniest <laughs> shit in the world that that legitimately makes him a better pitcher. That's so Get cool. Can they give a joint Cy Young award to Bernardino and Pavetta? Like, yes. <laughs> well, sure. It'll yes. be like, um, it'll be like, uh, I think, um, Schilling and Randy Johnson. Sport- did they did he, they share World Series MVP? World Series MVP in 01, yes, the two of them. Okay. Yeah, well, there you go. Do you the think they ever explored each other's bodies? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> um so there you go. And anything else that we want to discuss before we get into song of the week for everyone? Uh no. Why, did, why do I feel like I... Oh, one more note on Sam Kennedy's comments today. He did mention the... Like, oh, the, the ones you heard there. about an hour and 15 minutes ago when you're listening to this on the show when it's all spliced together, but yes. <laughs> um, he... Uh, so I guess he was out at dinner with, I don't know, Breslow, Cora, Raquel, some other baseball ops people, and like Pedroia FaceTimed them. This must have been Sunday night when they were out at dinner. <laughs> yeah. And essentially was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Kennedy was like, "Yeah, he made his feelings really well." It was like we appreciated that call. <laughs> yeah, like, you just imagine so, Pedroia yelling into his phone, like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, let's go!" Just like, I so I, I can't even imagine how that went. I'm sure he didn't mince words. Um, oh yeah, but but Petey, Petey gave it to him straight. Keep it yeah, real. I'm, I'm feeling. I feel like all the all the former players are in the same boat as the fans. They're like, "What? What? What's happened to us? Did our did our balls fall off? Like what?" <laughs> Why'd your why'd your balls drop off? <laughs> so Yeah, that was a funny note. I, I did see that and Kennedy was like, Oh no, we appreciated his input. Yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. So. Thanks for the recommendation, Dustin. We won't do anything with it though. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, thanks for the input. <laughs> but, uh, Chris, you, Alex, you had a good run. <laughs> good run. Yeah. There it is. Thank you, Jake. Yeah. Um, all right, song of the week. Uh, I'll go first here because it just oh, came God, to me. me uh, I'll do one based on all the AL East teams that we're, we're sort of previewing. You know what I mean? So for a Baltimore-based one, uh, their version this week, Caroline, is Thank God I'm a Country Boy by John Denver. That's my song of the week. They play that mm. uh, in the middle of the eighth inning at Camden Yards. So give me that one. That's my song of the week. Well, I have just discovered a new artist for myself. Um, it's pronounced McGee, but it's M-K dot G-E-E. What was that noise? What was that? 
Yeah. Must something. be something that could be something outside. Oh, that's that's it sounded that sounded like um that sounded like when Godzilla's charging up his tail to do the <laughs> an atomic breath. You didn't atomic it? Breath. I was gonna say it sounded like one. Of I the thought pod I racers. thought it was over. I thought I thought we were done. <laughs> I thought it, it sounded like one of the pod racers in the uh, Bunta Eve classic. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh fuck. What's his what's his um, um goddamn uh, Quadranero? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, there goes Quadranero. I don't care um, what galaxy you're from. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> ben, no, no, no. It's oh, here it is. It's Ben Quadinaros. Quadinaros. There's also Sebulba and Odie Mandrell, Rats Tyrell, Dud Bolt, Gosgodno, Bulls Roar, and Clegg Holdfast. Which one is the one that um? It kind of looks like a gecko, and he's in the cave, and he crashes into the pillar, and he kind of goes like. Oh, like <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that one. Because there's one like he just kind of quickly goes like a. Like I got noise like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'll rip it later. I'll send it to you guys in the chat. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, my song, of course. Yeah, it's called. Um, it's called. Uh, Are you looking up by McGee? It's a great song. Um, I recommend it strongly, and I actually wanted to go to his show in cambridge in may but it's sold out so wow so that's, that's an tough. unfortunate little piece of information for you guys liam uh so i don't know if you guys heard but uh my beautiful girlfriend dua lipa dropped a new song on friday <laughs> training season so i gotta plug it for her um i'd be a bad boyfriend if i didn't so sure. stream training season out now dude supporting their queens always yeah, appreciate that it. yeah you know why not the new album is gonna be I don't know when she's going to be dropping it, but I will be seated for it, Liam. Me neither, but I will be there no matter what. So <laughs> You'll be at the drop party, you know? Be, <laughs> yeah, her, right. her, her boo at, at the, at the Out on the red carpet. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he dazzles in his, <laughs> in his suit. Um, all right. That's going to do it for this edition of Potting on Lansdowne. We next week, you. next week, we'll be talking. Uh, do you want to spoil it? Yeah, we'll be talking the deal uh, that Montgomery got from us. Oh, I thought you were going to say what team we're going to be previewing the ALS. Oh, but know. yes, we'll also be doing that. Also, don't games start this weekend? Spring training games? Do they? The Northeastern game? Okay. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Saturday, February twenty fourth. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about yeah, that. All right. So we'll have uh, we'll have three spring training games, four spring training, five spring training games under our belt <laughs> by the time we record Monday. Well, yeah, because the eight split up you know what i mean so yeah they've got they've got two on sunday and then on monday they play in the afternoon so how about that baseball right around the corner best time of the year so we're here thank you again for taking your time with us we will be talking to you next week for rose thank her again to rose for joining us for jake for liam i'm fitz you're you talk to you next week go socks and obey your mother obey your mother obey your mother
enjoyed the great season, have fun, and knowing that better times are ahead for the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, damn you, mother!